Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach Bye. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach Bye. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach Bye, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me right here on the pod. Guys, Merry Christmas. This will be our last uh, podcast uh, before the holiday, and uh, we'll get a couple days off and come back next week uh, after uh, Christmas and uh, do some more reacting. But uh, it's been a fun stretch here. It's been a really fun stretch of Denver Nuggets basketball. We're reacting to today a 113, uh, reacting to a 113-104 victory on the road against the Toronto Raptors, uh, a place that... um, while we don't think of Toronto as like a going to Atlanta uh, or um, what's another bugaboo uh, for Denver. Um, I Well, I'll just keep it to Atlanta because that's like historically what we've talked about here on this podcast. It's just like problematic for whatever reason. Doesn't matter who's playing for either team going to Atlanta for its own reasons. We don't talk about Toronto like that, but the Denver Nuggets were actually two and five in their last seven games at Toronto. Uh, Jamal Murray making his homecoming actually won in Toronto for the first time since 2018. Think about it, guys. It's about to be 2024 here in like five seconds. So it's been a a half a decade since Jamal Murray went back and won in his home country. Um, A couple thoughts here um, that I want to I want to get to Uh, a couple thoughts on the starters, a couple thoughts on the bench. And I want to give a couple thoughts on the NBA straw poll. Uh, that uh, my buddy Tim Pon- uh, Tim Bontemps uh, put out uh, that has become like almost tradition in, in NBA circles at this point that I almost like click on it and be like, okay, like I'm covering most of my eyes. Um, and uh, we'll get to that uh, at, at the end. Uh, first of all, I hope you guys are doing great. Hope you enjoyed that uh, win on Wednesday night. You know, and we talked about this a couple days ago. Man, the Nuggets are about three minutes away from being on uh, the second longest winning streak in the NBA, which actually the Clippers hold right now. I believe they won nine in a row, uh, believe it or not. Um, I still have my questions and my challenge flags on that team, but that's a different conversation for a different day. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they let that game go against Oklahoma city, which we talked about earlier in the week on Tuesday. Uh, but outside of that, in the, in that game that they had under control, man, you're talking about wins in Atlanta, winning in Chicago, beating the Brooklyn Nets at home, uh, beating the Dallas Mavericks, uh, like a drum a couple nights ago on, on Monday evening. And then really, you know, being in a firm, a driver's seat from start to finish, uh, the nuggets did allow the Raptors to come back in the game in, uh, in the later stages, um, and then the starters came back in and squelched the rebellion uh, from the Raptors. Um, you, let's look at some of the numbers here and talk about some of the performances. You know, where I want to start here is actually, um, I know I said I'll talk about the starters first, but I want to talk about Peyton Watson, who really for me, once again, is sort of one of these uh, legitimate subplot storylines to this NBA season. We keep on talking about really three uh, uh, younger guys, younger players, second year Christian Brown, Peyton Watson and uh, Julian Strother are really the key. Now, uh, uh, Zeke Naji can kind of come and go, and and he was okay, uh, I guess, on on uh, Wednesday night. Needs to make layups, which I'm not going to, you know, sit here and break down how Zeke Naji needs to make layups. Just need to make layups um, or dunk the basketball. Figure it out. Um, but but Peyton Watson, I want to be careful with the way I say this. 
I don't want to say he's turning the corner because I know hiccups are coming. I know the other shoe is going to drop. But let's just be where our feet are. Peyton Watson's playing great basketball right now. Fantastic. And uh, uh, defensively, that's the reason why Peyton Watson truly was uh, picked uh, with the 30th overall pick in that 2022 draft. All right. Defensively right now, that is the hallmark of his game. Uh, we've seen him out there uh, guarding some of the league's better players. We just talked about it in the closing moments against Shea Gildress-Alexander. But think about what I said, closing moments. Peyton Watson is out in the game um, when you wouldn't have forecasted that to be the case maybe a month ago. Uh, and I just absolutely love, love, love to see it. So defensively, uh, I, I think I know what I'm going to get on most nights from Peyton Watson. Um but offensively has been obviously tricky. I mean, let's not forget, this is a guy who averaged the least amount of points for a first-round draft pick in NBA draft history. Averaged three points a game at UCLA. So this was always going to be a big-time project for Denver, but it's one of these, man, it's one of these, with the 30th pick, you talk about high-risk or, or low-risk, high-reward. That's the definition of Peyton Watson's existence in Denver, and I'm already starting to taste um, the flavor uh, of the dividends of drafting this kid and watching him develop offensively. Uh, double digits for a fourth consecutive game. Hit at least a one three-pointer for the fourth consecutive game. He now has seven threes in the last four games. Just I'll just raise my hand and file me, mark me down as someone who did not see this coming offensively for Peyton Watson. Um, he's just freaking fun to watch. He is, man, and he's shooting it uh, 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 confidently. He looks just like a confident player. His minutes are there uh, every single night. And that's got to be half the battle, right? It's like, if you don't know you're going to play, and I know you can say, well, you're a professional, you should be ready to play every night. Yeah, it just doesn't work like that. <laughs> it's just, it, in theory, it, it, it does. In practice, it does not. Um, so when you know you're going to play every single night, and that's where we're at with Peyton Watson, 18 minutes uh, uh, on Wednesday night against Toronto, 24 against Dallas, 16 against Oklahoma City, 24 against Brooklyn, 23 against Chicago, 20 against Atlanta. Like his minutes are there every single night. And here within the last week, week and a half, he is just freaking maxing out his minutes. And I love to see it. I'm here for it. He was five of six from the field. A three of five coming off a three of five game the previous uh, contest against Dallas, come, which was coming off a five of eight against Oklahoma City, which was coming on the heels of seven and ten uh, of ten against Brooklyn. So again, um, is this level of efficiency uh, sustainable? No, I don't believe that with any ounce of my being. But I am just enjoying the moment and watching him build that. And we talked about this on Tuesday, just building a library of good NBA moments. So I'm not worried about what he's going to average or what his percentages are going to be in uh, the next month. I am just enjoying what I'm seeing. I'm loving it. And uh, and I want to see more of it, of course, um, as does everyone uh, in, in Nuggets Nation. Uh, Aaron Gordon continues to play well. Um, you look at his numbers on uh, uh, Wednesday night, not earth shattering, but freaking just solid. Defensively, rock solid. Offensively, efficient. Six of nine from the floor. 12 points, five rebounds, two assists. Um, he was a plus 14 when he was out there, so he continues his, uh, you know, kind of rounding back into, um, I don't want to say championship-level form because he's still, you know, getting there. But there was, you know, there was good stretch here, you know, of probably 15, 17, um, maybe 20 games where it was just like, you know, once a week you would see him. And he just wasn't playing up to his potential for whatever for whatever reason, maybe he just uh, 
uh, a tired coming off a championship run. He was dealing with the strained uh, heel uh, where he missed some games. But really, since he has come back uh, from taking some time off, just playing really well. Just playing really well, man. He's been in double figures for now seven consecutive games. And if you look at, if you isolate really like the last, let's call it two weeks, uh, his um, a field goal percentage is spiking like an IBM stock in 1998. Um, his uh, production just with the raw stats are there. Um, so I love to see it. I, I, I just want to see more of it. And just make sure that guy's healthy um, for uh, the stretch run. A couple more thoughts here on Wednesday night's game. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. continues to um, struggle uh, shooting the basketball. All right. Uh, Right now, the truth of the matter is he's not a top 60 scorer in the NBA. Okay. Not a top 60, 6-0 scorer in the NBA. He's been in single figures in three of the last six games. Um, You know, it's kind of rolling of the dice every night with Michael Porter Jr. Am I going to see 20? Uh, like I saw against Oklahoma City, or am I going to see three, like I saw against Atlanta? Am I going to see eight, like I saw against Dallas? So it's kind of like a, an eight ball that you kind of shake, uh, and you don't know what uh, answer it's going to spit out at you. Um, so that continues to be a little bit frustrating, um, and depending on, to some folks, a lot of it frustrating, just depending on who you are. Look, the bench... You know, uh, and shout out KCP, you know, four or five from the field uh, But before we move on. Um, and I actually I have one more note on Jamal. Um, but uh, KCP, uh, double figures, four or five from the floor, hit a big three when, I, I'll put big three in, in air quotes, um, because Toronto started to come back and started to give like Oklahoma City vibes. Like, wait, why is this lead at eight, you know, when it was at 20? Um, but KCP hit a big shot. Uh, to bring that lead, I think, from 8 to 11 uh, off a Jokic assist. KCP had been in single figures in five of the previous uh, six games, okay? Um, So I like the fact that he actually got to 10 points, made a couple threes, was really efficient from the floor. Um, Love KCP's uh, presence out there, as always. And then Jamal, you know, didn't shoot it particularly well, did get to 20 points, Um, you know, uh, had six assists to just two turnovers, uh, I, I, you know, I wanted that guy to win in Toronto. His family was there. His dad is there watching him in person. He had friends there. Um, you want that moment for Jamal. And it was pretty cool that, um, that, uh, the Raptors, I want to make sure I, I got to this, that the Raptors, um, honored him during the game, uh, where they put a, a video of him up on the jumbotron and just what he has done for Canadian basketball. Canadian basketball has come such a long way. But even, you know, and obviously so much credit is deserved to the Raptors being in Toronto themselves and Vince Carter's presence in Canadian basketball. And then, of course, Steve Nash bringing it to another level with his um, multiple MVP campaigns. But even since Jamal Murray has got into the league, which is, what, 2015 or whatever it is, um, Canadian basketball has even grown since then. So I, I just, I love growing the game. It's such a global game. I said when I was working back in Albany, New York, probably, see, I've been in Denver for, this is my seventh Nuggets season, so I probably said 10 years ago that I believed um, that we were about 10 years away from every other player in the National Basketball Association being out, from outside of the United States. We're not quite there, man, but we're getting close. And don't uh, ever overlook Jamal Murray's 
Um, like, like there are kids growing up in Canada who Jamal Murray is their Michael Jordan, and they don't know about Mike. They don't, they don't really uh, uh, care about LeBron. Like Jamal Murray is their basketball hero. He's who hangs on their walls. They identify with him. And I just, uh, I don't want to ever um, overlook that. So I was really happy that the Raptors honored Murray's contributions to the game uh, through that lens of uh, uh, Canada. Uh, there in that, um, it was it was during the second quarter that they honored him. And he really appreciated it, by the way. You hear some of his quotes after the game. Like, that stuff means a lot to Jamal. He cares about the game and he cares a lot about Canadian basketball. Um, all right. Uh, um, that's really all I wanted to get to from the game itself. Um, could spend a little bit more time on the bench. Um, you know, Strother gets to seven points on three of six shooting. Love that. Uh, Christian Brown, not really shooting it well, um, had a, uh, sports center dunk, you know, taken away from him on kind of like what I thought it was a ticky-tack foul. But Brown is not really, um, you know, lighting up the scoreboard or anything like that. He's averaging about eight points a game in the month of December, about eight and a half for the year. Um, but defensively, I know what I'm going to get most nights with Christian Brown. And that's true of most uh, every night of those three nuggets that we're really um, watching closely in Strother and in Peyton Watson and in Christian Brown. D- defense needs to be their identity, and shots are going to come. Shots are going to go, uh, but as long as that is still the hallmark of that second unit, um, I'm good with it. They're continuously growing, and uh, I love to see the the uh, development of that second unit, which is really again we talked about it on Tuesday the um, one of the overarching themes of of this season. Um, okay, what else here? Let me double check my notes before we move on to the. Okay. Um, yeah, I just, I, I mean, I had it, I had it emphasized in my notes um, with Jokic here uh, before we talk about the straw poll that I wanted to get to. Um, him exerting dominance down the stretch of the game. He was not going to let what happened against Oklahoma City happen against Toronto. And uh, Jokic finishes with 31 points um, in 38 minutes. 10 of the 31 came in the final quarter. Uh, so when there was a, uh, the, the sense of urgency cranked up a little bit, he was there to answer the bell. You just love to see it. Um, Jokic, 31 points, 15 rebounds, six assists to just two turnovers, had multiple blocks, a two-block game, um, and hit threes. It was three of five from three. So really good stuff from the head of the snake, Jokic, who is now in the first iteration of the uh, Tim Bomtemps straw poll, which this guy, uh, who we, we actually have mutual friends. We play in the same fantasy football league together. Talking about Bontemps, not Jokic. <laughs> uh, it, it, this has turned into like a cottage industry uh, for Tim. And uh, he uh, uh, has cornered this market, and I love it. It's always interesting. There's four different versions of this, I believe. This is the first one. The final one comes, I believe, after the season. Um I wouldn't get too caught up in it, but let's talk about it just in general because it's uh, it's always, uh, well, it has been a really a hyper-relevant conversation uh, here in Denver. So guess who is leading the straw poll? Joel Embiid. And here's what I'll say. Joel Embiid deserves to be leading the straw poll right now. Now, these things evolve. Whoever is the, the leader of the straw poll right now, that uh, may not be um, and likely will not be. History actually says the last three years, whoever leads in the first straw poll does not end up being the NBA MVP. Well, this time last year it was Jason Tatum. The year before that it was Steph Curry. The year before that it was LeBron James. So 
Don't get caught up and get in your feelings about this. But I'll say this about um, Embiid. The guy deserves to be uh, the, 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 the leader in the straw poll. He's averaging 35 points a game. He is averaging 12 rebounds a game. Uh, and he's averaging six assists on you know almost 55% shooting. And it feels like every night that I check in on NBA League Pass or uh, just going over um, scores, Joel Embiid is putting someone, putting 40 or 50 on someone. He dropped 51 points on the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have been um, uh, you know the best team in the Western Conference uh, this season. 51 guys on 17 to 25 shooting. Did he shoot a bunch of free throws? Yeah. Did he make a bunch? Yeah, he did. He plays with force. Um, so he was great on, on Wednesday night. He dropped 40 on Chicago before that, 42 on Charlotte before that, 35, and then 41 on, in back-to-back games against the Pistons, 34 against uh, the Wizards, 38 against Atlanta, 50 against Washington. So, I mean, we're talking about Embiid for 10 games in a row. Like, Jokic is coming off a 31-point game. Um, Embiid has scored more than that for 10 straight games. So give, just give him credit. It doesn't need to be divisive. You don't need to step on someone's head to elevate uh, someone else's. And he's leading the straw poll. He had 63 first-place votes compared to uh, Jokic's 21, and Jokic is in second in this poll. And I think Jokic deserves to be. And he's followed right by uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo and uh, SGA in Oklahoma City. Um, I'm not going to dwell on it too much because this season's so young. Right, the season is so stinking young, and uh, I'm not going to obsess over it. My guess is this is how I th- think this goes: uh, Embiid will either slow down or at some point get hurt, or not have the team success to match the the production. Jokic will just be steady Eddie. The Nuggets are about to go on a run. The Nuggets may take over the number one seed from Minnesota here in the next two months, and Jokic's uh, a raw numbers, advanced numbers are going to scream that he's the MVP, and it's going to come down to Jokic finishing one and Embiid finishing two, or Embiid finishing one and Jokic finishing two. Um, so, you know, I just don't, like, you know, this is so interesting. I could do a half hour on this, and I'm not going to because I don't want to get caught up in it. But, you know, this time last year, the previous year's playoffs were held against Nikola Jokic. Are the previous year's playoffs going to be held against Joel Embiid? It's a regular season award, right? But we knew it carried more meaning for Jokic a year ago. And the playoff exits were held against him. Are they going to be held against Embiid with that same energy? Just question the rhetorical. Put it in your back pocket. All right, guys, we're going to leave it there for now. Uh, really appreciate you being with me here on the podcast. Thank you for the listenership. I, I am so thankful um, that we are back for season number six of this podcast. We are not a podcast without you. So thank you for being here. Please tell a friend. I know there's a lot of great uh, folks who uh, cover this uh, fantastic basketball team. Uh, we just want to be in the mix, all right? And the best way to uh, uh, spread this podcast is by word of mouth. You know, rate, uh, review, subscribe, all that is fantastic, and we need all that. But you, your genuine passing along to the next person um, is truly the spine of, of this podcast. So thank you for being here. I hope you have a Merry Christmas. Um, for what it's worth, uh, we're going to be gone for a couple days. I think the Nuggets are about to go undefeated on the road, and they're going to beat the Warriors on Christmas Day uh, in, in, in the primetime slot, not tucked at the very end of the night. I love it. Guys, I hope you have a happy holiday. Uh, uh, enjoy the Denver Nuggets. Uh, they're, they're a gift for us in the sports world. And stay safe. Uh, count your blessings. And whatever happens in these next couple of road games and on Christmas Day, we're going to be back next week talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast.